As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Staples show a very special Portal Authority edition. The Portal Authority himself, Max Olson, is joining us. And oh my God, this is amazing. We got content from Max. We got the top 10 candidates to be the reigning Portal King. That's out on The Athletic if we're talking Wednesday morning when this podcast drops. Correct, Max? Yep, yep. That's uh, went up on Tuesday. Oh, okay. It is out. And so and if you are watching live, it's out right now. Uh, so I, I say this because I read it last night because, you know, I know Max and I get a preview. But this is really interesting stuff, Max, because you know, we, we haven't had the, the portal opening and closing periods before. This is, this is new to this year. The portal closed last week, uh, not surprisingly, right before Lane Kiffin decided to take all the quarterbacks and – Jackson Dart had to wait to figure out what's going on after everything settles. But this is this is a nice stopping point where you can look. And it's almost like we used to do after the early signing period when we look at a signing class and say, okay, where are these guys at with 90% of their signing class? And we kind of know where these rosters are going to be. There still will be some changes after spring. But you have some really interesting candidates trying to dethrone Lane Kiffin as the portal king. Well, you know, Lane Kiffin officially handed the title over to Lincoln Riley when Lincoln got uh, Caleb Williams last year. Ah. So I think we all generally agree that USC was the portal king last year and turned that into being a legit, you know, legit playoff contender right away. Um, And so a lot of people are trying to chase that. Um, You have some of the usual suspects like USC and Ole Miss that um, are still in the mix for the best guys as soon as they hit the portal. You've got some programs um, like Colorado and Arizona State that are uh, that were, were really bad and are trying to flip it as fast as they can. And in the case of like Arizona State, like when you look at the high school signees plus the portal signees, like they're going to flip half the roster going into year one. Which the, is not- the list in your story, like when, when I opened your the, the version you sent me last night and I just saw the list of transfers 
at Arizona State, like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, holy crap, this is an entirely new team. Entirely. And then you've got um, you've got a few of these, like um, LSU, I believe, is number one right now in 24-7's rankings. Um, but, you know, LSU did a ton of damage last year in the portal. They're doing it again this year. Florida State is, is one of the ones that has impressed me the most year after year under Mike Norvell. I, I think you've got a really strong case at this point over the last three years that Norvell He's might the be the portal king. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a few of these, especially in the Pac-12, like Oregon and UCLA, that um, have have you know had a lot of success in the portal um, and can point to a lot of success stories. And, and really, when these guys hit the portal, they have a chance to go get some really good ones. And um, another surprise contender this year is Wisconsin, and just yeah. how much they have flipped things uh, in just a couple months here uh, with Luke Fickle. Well, and and it's interesting because you and I talked about this last year, Max, about what's scarce in the portal and it's, the offensive linemen. For the most part, still scarce difference making offensive linemen, difference making defensive linemen. There's a couple moving into the Pac 12 that I saw, you know, that, that I'm just like, okay, these guys could be legit difference makers right off the bat. I'm talking about Anthony Lucas going to USC, Jordan Birch going from South Carolina to, to Oregon. Like, it does feel like there is more movement of the big guys now than there was i'll, I'll give you the number because we did this last year and it's so funny andy um so if you're looking for ideal world you're looking for uh, a power five on offensive lineman who's a grad transfer yep there's 37 in the portal out of 1500 kids wow so wow, good luck with those guys stuff. guess what they all pretty much find a home because they went uh, to lincoln riley <laughs> it was the, the, a lot of they, cases they, they, they go out there they, they live down the street from me and now they now they play for usc no, I, I'm, I'm talking about michael tarquin and and ethan white who were starters on the offensive line at florida last year who will probably be starters on the offensive line at usc this coming year ethan white just announced his destination on tuesday he was going that he was going to usc tarquin already had and yeah, I mean, well, okay, let's start at USC. And it kind of like it doesn't matter. Well, it's funny, and I'm not knocking these kids, yeah. but like it kind of doesn't matter how good they've been as long as they're experienced. We need experience on these. Yes, ones, you know, and it, so I mean that matters. Before we go into talking about the individual teams, um, I had two notes uh, or things that I noticed. One, a lot of the the people on the list are coaches who are in their first year or second year. Mm -hmm. So this is like. Um, uh, the ability, and I'm not saying anything that everybody doesn't already know, but like the ability to flip a roster, like what Kenny Dillingham can put on the field in year one is so much different than it would have been had he taken the job three years ago. Well, we, we will talk. I want to talk later in the show, not now, because I want to talk about the, the, the people who have moved and the, the coaches who are getting guys in the portal. But I want to talk later in the show about the guys who should be on this list that aren't. And it should scare you. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that I wanted to know is like as you're ranking this, it kind of reminds me of the, the recruiting rankings, Max, of like, you know, ASU got 25 guys, which blows my mind. Um, it's like the quantity versus quality discussion, right, of like which guys got the most uh, or the fewer uh, transfers in but more elite-level players. Like, it's like if you get Caleb Williams, like, are you just the king? And it doesn't matter what else after that. Like, <laughs> you also got Jordan Addison. No, no, it's like you get two really good players and just win the thing right off the bat or – do you, does quantity matter differently when you're compiling this list than maybe it does when you look at the recruiting rankings? Yeah, I, I tried to like, and it was hard to trim down. I, you know, this this piece is about kind of the contenders to have the number one um, transfer class, and I it was hard to trim it down to ten because there are a lot. I mean, just 
this offseason more so than last offseason there's just a lot of schools that have taken 10 plus transfers you know and so i look at it as a little bit of quality and quantity like you can point to um michigan has has done a great job in in taking yeah. some really good transfers notre dame is obviously taking some really impactful guys like sam hartman um there's a you know kentucky uh, like there's a few that have taken a smaller group but like probably going to be a very impactful group but uh, in terms of like the conversation of Portal King, which obviously is just like made up, I was trying to look at this in terms of like maybe who was taking, you know, close to double digits or or maybe in, in some cases a lot more transfers. And and yet there's still, like you said, kind of a, a premium thing. And, and Ari, as you know, when you look at, at these classes now, you kind of just have to smash these together because like, like an Ole Miss, I think only signed 12 high schoolers this year and is going out and signing a ton of transfers. Arizona State, like same thing. They'll, they'll, they'll go sign probably 15 high schoolers, but they're going to go sign 25 plus transfers. Like so, that that first class, um, you're you're seeing some of these. They, they're going to take a small high school class intentionally, and they might not look very good in the recruiting rankings. But yeah, um, and, and of course, the teams that have taken fewer players are probably more likely to be already be built up. So it's like sure. Michigan is the is. Uh, I think a lot of their fans think that they're the portal king because they took five or six guys, I think, and all of them are expected to be starters next year. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing, and that's I, I I should distinguish this. Like I I should like make this clear. Like it's still portal recruiting is still mostly need based recruiting, and at the end of the day, you'd still rather be the coach that doesn't have very many needs. You know, you'd the still rather be... defending Big Ten champs don't need as much. Right, for sure. And you'd the guys that are be... coming in are filling in spots that. Are I mean they're returning like eighty percent of their roster, aren't they? And the five yeah. guys that they brought in are filling the exact places where they were losing guys, which kind of makes it easier to understand why they were outside of the top ten in the recruiting rankings. For sure, if, if you can be the program that's bringing in three to five transfers a year that are all starter level kind of guys, like that's where everybody kind of wants to be, and that you still see, yeah. you know, the Alabamas and Georgias and and Texases are are still trying to kind of be that way. Um, so yeah. You can make the argument you don't really want to be the portal king if you're that desperate to lean on transfers year after year. Yeah, it it is going to be just a fascinating next few years as as people figure out what works here. I keep going back to the story I did a couple months ago on Danny White, the AD at Tennessee, and how he hires. And he was adamant that first-year success is a critical piece. And a coach who says, I need two or three years to build, just throw him off throw them off the list. Don't even bother because it's not going to work. And I do think in this environment now, even more so you've got to be able to come in and flip. That's what you have. Hugh freeze on this list. Yeah. I expected Hugh freeze to be on this list. I expected Hugh freeze to come in and shake up Auburn's philosophy in terms of high school recruiting and get it back to where it should be, which he has, but also it feels like they've gone real hard in the portal to fill spots and they needed to, and it looks like they're doing it. Yeah, and they were they were pretty aggressive in the portal under Brian Harson too. Obviously, a lot of roster needs uh, during that tenure, and, and a lot of attrition um, for for a number of reasons there at Auburn. And so you walk in here, and like there's some you know right off the bat, there's some needs for Auburn like D line where they've just lost so many players to the portal over the last few years, and they've gone out and got some pretty good ones like Justin Rogers from Kentucky and Lawrence Johnson from Purdue. But the the piece of it the, for Auburn's transfer class, and and that's a school that has you know, thrown out a ton of offers to transfers, brought in a ton for visits. Uh, you, you would kind of expect, you know, they've been one of the, the more aggressive ones out there. Um, the, the interesting pieces, I think, to me are, are what they're doing on offense um, and, and what Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, um, the, the pieces that they're bringing in are, are mostly group of five players that they feel like can, can play at the SEC level yeah. and be successful. Uh, and they're guys that, 
you know, are not household names today, but you know, potentially could be if they're well, and, if and they and can Hugh, play at the SEC level here and Hugh and, and really Philip succeed. Montgomery, yeah, Hugh and Philip Montgomery, who were group of five head coaches last year, probably have a pretty good idea what they're looking at. Definitely. Yeah. And there's some guys that they've seen before. Um, you know, Dylan Wade, the offensive tackle from Tulsa is a guy that when he went in, I heard from a lot of coaches being like, Ooh, that guy's good. Like we need to get that guy. And that turned into a battle of, of USC uh, against Tulsa and, and, or excuse me, USC against Auburn. And Dylan Wade decides to go to Auburn to play for Montgomery, um, a, a legit, you know, tackle at, at, in the AAC. Um, Brian Batie, the running back from USF. USF lost a lot of really good players to the portal that probably will be bigger names next year. But Batie is a guy who led the country in all-purpose yards as a rusher and a kick returner this year with more than 1,900 yards. Um, he's legit. I, Gunner Britton, the tackle from Western or the, the offensive lineman from Western Kentucky, and Rivaldo Fairweather, the tight end from FIU. These are guys that people, you know, when they hit the portal, you don't see maybe people going crazy about it on Twitter and stuff. But this staff knows like these guys can play. You know what I marvel at, Max, is that, you know, to sign the 25-member recruiting class, like if you think about the number of hours that go into just evaluating, and of course there's more kids and more people that you don't get or stuff, but the amount of hours that it took to evaluate the 25 guys that you signed, especially if you're a good evaluator and you're watching practice tape and, and games that they're on the sideline and just like all the stuff that they evaluate – how you could, like if you're ASU or one of the teams that's in the double digits, evaluate these guys so freaking quickly. Um, and I wonder, like, if Hugh Freeze's background and where he was coaching a year ago gives him an advantage because he's actually seeing them up close and, and, and sometimes playing against these guys, if, like, that's how he's able to get that done. Like, I, it blows my mind how much movement that these guys can have from an evaluation standpoint in such a short period of time. Totally. Yeah. You, you, you would say like in some ways the investment of, 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 you know, pouring two, three years into a kid and, and hoping that they, you know, stay in your program for more than two years um, is, is a lot of work. And then w on the flip side here with portal guys, like I, I saw, especially in this cycle so far, um, I feel like it's gotten even faster. I mean, I think usually if, if a kid hits the portal, um, especially one that's like in demand, they're probably gonna take like two visits and then make a decision like it, it or, or maybe three in a, in a span of five days. Like this thing is just, and partially that's because guys are trying to be mid-year transfers and stuff and, and it's scheduling. But um, yeah, you have to make the, a, a really, you know, split second decision there in terms of offering and pursuing a guy. And then you have to go try and win that thing as quickly as possible. And that's why a lot of times it does come back to, does someone on your staff have a relationship with that guy or used to recruit him or used to coach him? Um, because that that's usually the phone call that will get through to the kid. So Scarlet Fever 1766 asked in the chat, what do you think of Coach Prime's 40-40-20? Now this is, he, he laid this out when he was at Jackson State and his basically 40% grad transfers, 40% undergrad transfers, 20% high school guys. My guess is his numbers are a little bit different at Colorado and that like the further you get up the food chain, the higher your high school percentage is. But I do wonder what is what is the ideal percentage for say a, a power five program that needs to flip the roster right now? Yeah, well, I, I think so. He's taken, I believe, as of today, nine players from Jackson State. Um, I, I, so we'll see. Like, is that a one-time thing? Probably right. so, right? You're not going to be taking. Uh, he that obviously many already from... recruited those guys and knows. Right. Them. Yes. Sure. Sure. So, um, the, but the interesting balance of that, and, and Ari, you know, you've seen this too. Um, so when Colorado's 
throwing out offers to transfers, like it certainly is like hitting different now, right? Like their their ears perk up. They are interested in taking a visit. Like there's players um, like Jimmy Horn, the the receiver from USF, who people I talked to thought he was probably going to Penn State. And then Dion gets Colorado, Colorado offers, and he's going to Colorado. You know, so there's some guys where, where they have a chance to go get some pretty good players because of um, just all the attention they're generating in Colorado. But you, you've seen it too, Ari, right? Like, so that's also having that effect on high school kids. So wouldn't you rather kind of seize on that momentum with more high school kids or, or at least more of a 50-50 split um, in terms of building this thing up? Well, what, like the thing that I'm, I'm very curious of, like in the next 10 years, a team that wins a playoff game, like what is the highest number of percentage of their roster from transfers that you could envision it being? Because I feel like the teams that are that are in Michigan's position where they need five or six guys a cycle are probably more like 85%, 15% high school to transfer. And I'm wondering if, you know, the 40-40-20 thing is off to me for a Power 5 program. And it might yeah. not be... That was the Jackson it, State number. So and I it might it not be, changes. you know, off for somebody in their first year who's trying to flip a roster very quickly. But by year three, if his number's anywhere near that, it means that things have gone wrong, right? Like you wouldn't turn away blue chip recruits because you want to stick to 40-40. I mean, are we ever going to get to a point where anybody turns away a top 200 player out of high school for a transfer? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think that's still, no. yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think that's like, and I'm not saying 40-40-20 can't work, but it's probably more of a year one, year two thing in my, just yeah. in my opinion, in terms of like the optimal way to do this. But, you know, that that's, it's also like, might be a different conversation a year from now because Colorado is really hot right now. And then if they go three and nine, you maybe you're not that hot with the high school kids at that point. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about TCU. They did win a playoff game. They've got some places to plug You know, they, they need a, a new starting quarterback. They did they, uh, their best corners gone. Their best edge rushers gone. Their best running back, their best receivers gone. Now, how many of those guys are replaced by people who are on the roster and how many of those guys are replaced by transfers? Now, keeping in mind, this is still only a second year staff. Yeah, I mean, the, the TCU is an example of one that um, probably you can make the argument that, that they could be on this list of top 10 by the end of the year here. Um, they've gone out and got um, some some really quality players. Um, you know, you, you lose, I think, three or four receivers and you replace them with some really talented players um, like Jojo Earl, Jack Betch. Um, mm-hmm. They've brought in Jalen Robinson from Ole Miss. They brought in yep. John Paul Richardson from Oklahoma State. So you're reloading in some of these areas where you've got younger guys and you hope that they step Wh- whoever up. Whoever the quarterback is has a ton of people to throw to. Yes, like, he there's does. talent there. Yeah. And like you, same thing with running back. Like you you believe in some of the guys that were behind um, Kendra Miller and, and Amari DiMercato, but you've also brought in Trey Sanders from Alabama to boost the competition and, and potentially be the best guy. And so um, I think they've done a pretty good job of that, of, of being like very, they, no, they've just really stuck to their needs. It's like there've been some players, like for example, from, um, from Tulsa that have gone on the portal. And, and obviously Joe Gillespie has the Tulsa connection there, but you know, when, when like I, reach out and ask like are you guys gonna take justin Wright, the, the linebacker from tulsa who went in is is gonna go to Columbus state it's like all of our linebackers coming back so you're, you're yeah. not just gonna take a guy just to take them and so um they've been more focused on on trying to hit the need there and um I'm, I'm curious to see will they bring in another quarterback you know certainly they were in the mix for walker howard until the oc change and they're evidently in the mix for Jaden rashada so there's still some needs they're trying to hit but um yeah that's an example of one that if you're doing it right like hopefully you don't have to take 15 transfers every year Let's talk about Florida State, Max, because uh, Kyle Morlock hit the internet on Tuesday and in a very fun way. It was his first interview session in Tallahassee. 
it turns out he looks exactly like Jim Halpert from The Office, except with Bama bangs and a mustache. Uh, I have to say Jim Halpert because uh, why am I blanking on the actor's name? Uh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. He looks so different now as Jack Ryan. Like he's he's a he's an action star now, so it's not the same person. But Kyle Morlock, who is a tight end from Shorter College. If you've heard of Shorter College, congratulations. <laughs> Division two school. But I mean, th- this feels like what Mike Norvell is doing now. And and he's done this with with guys from schools you've heard of. He's done this with with guys from schools you haven't heard of. Last year, uh Johnny Wilson was at Arizona State, but they didn't use him right, and Florida State did. Jared Verse was at Albany. He was a star there. Everybody wanted him. FSU got him and turned him into a bigger star, and he's coming back. So, you know, with, with this Florida State class, you I mentioned Kyle Morlock, who, you know, that's it'll be interesting to see how he develops. But they also got Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, who's much more of a known commodity, and I think probably felt like he was not used properly at South Carolina last year would be my, my guess. I, the Kyle Murlock, like Andy, if I just told you, and this is kind of, if, if you on, on a blind uh, offer here, like, Hey, there's this, um, there's this all America tight end who's six, seven, two fifty. Think we should take a look at him. Yep. Done. <laughs> that's a, that's a yes for me too. Did you just, did you say Darnell Washington's available in the transfer <laughs> portal? Like, how is that possible? I thought he was a first round draft pick. Yeah, the, the measurable's pretty good on Kyle Morlock. Um, not as much of a string bean as, as Jim Halpert. Um, you know, I, I think that he's just been super successful at the D2 level. That was one of those players where um, because some of those lower level players like FCS players and lower got to enter the portal first, some of these guys got a little bit more attention before the D, you know, before the FBS window opened on December 5th. And so I'm glad that like these are the kind of successors at the portal you, you love to see and, and hope to see more of where a guy like that. Uh, for whatever reason, ends up at a D two school he, and he was and falls a, out a late bloomer. A yeah, yeah, he's a late bloomer. He's from Georgia, so it's not like he wasn't rec- wouldn't have been recruited. He just didn't look like this back then. But still, probably looked like Jim Halpert. Oh, absolutely. Probably looked a lot more like Jim Halpert. Yeah, like Pam. Pam was getting all excited, but now she's like, eh, maybe maybe a little too big. So we'll we'll get into the is Jim Halpert actually a good person? Like, I I have questions about someone who is like. Hey, new wife, I just bought us a house without consulting you. Like that that doesn't feel you you want to get into like justice for Karen Filippelli too? Well, obviously. You want to go there? Listen. Yeah. Rashida Jones. Yeah. You know this also happened in the movie Along Came Polly. They're laying on the beach. He circles an ad. Remember this? He circles the the this the house. What do you think of this one in the paper? And then uh he goes, I bought it. She had no idea. And then like five minutes later in the movie, he walks in on her uh, on the on the boat. Yeah. Well, I, that was a nice setup. It's it's not I as good. I haven't rewatched as, that one in a while. I got to come back to it. It's not, not as good as the original of all time. <laughs> not as good as the original setup to old school, though. The how is Hooters? And, and he, <laughs> he walks back to the, the front door. You're here for the I'm not even going to say it on this show. But yeah, so. No, Max, I, I, just watch Along Came Polly. The portal's closed. Just rewatch it. We we <laughs> actually did. Time now. We caught old old school on cable over the weekend, but Along Came Polly. It's been a little while. I got to come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need to watch. I don't think I've ever. I watched mean, the Philip Seymour Hoffman basketball scenes alone. Are, Along right? Came Polly. That. You've never only have you never watched it all the way through? No. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. 
All right. Well, I, now I have my weekend project because there's nothing to do Saturday. There's no there's no playoff game. So, well, we'll oh, yeah, are we, we doing some rewatches again this uh, or, or oh, uh, yeah. sports movies this this offseason, Andy? What's the content plan? We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Now, we've I, we, I think we've watched all the college football movies. Wait, wait, you know, you know what we need to do? The three of us. I think Johnny B. Good would be a good one for us. Mm, it's about that? recruiting. Anthony Michael Hall as as a mm. top recruit. I don't Never know. Heard of this like he, go, he goes to the school that's supposed to be UCLA and they have like a steroid bar or maybe it's supposed to be USC. It's some school in LA, but they have like a neon <laughs> sign over the, over the steroid bar in the weight room. <laughs> like it is, it's pretty spectacular. So I, we, I think we should do that. I've never heard of that. That's a sports movie. What's that Ari? The movie heavyweights is a sports movie. That's true. We could do little they're, giants they're training We've for never a done little giants. Little, yeah, giants. little Giants. I haven't seen that in years. Little Giants is film where I grew up. Yeah, we. Can I mean, it. the Cowboys tried to run the annexation of Puerto Rico the other day, so why not? <laughs> they had the uniforms. Yeah, they had the uniforms down. <laughs> exactly. So, can you explain to me what that play design was? It's been two days since it happened, and I still don't like. What were they uh, trying to do? What was Turpin yeah. supposed to do with the ball? Uh, there he was threw it to the wrong person, right? So there's a wall of offensive linemen, and, and you have offensive linemen on both sides of the formation with receivers standing behind them. So here's my guess. They form a wall. The other side moves toward the center of the field behind the person with the ball so that there are skill guys to lateral to as you so go So Zeke is down snapping the, the football so he could be a potential recipient of a lateral later. Correct. In the yeah. Of course, the 49ers correctly noting – Zeke snapping the ball. Let's so, just pulverize him when he's done <laughs> yes. with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, yes. is he the fifteenth most explosive ball carrier on that team now? Um, this is a different podcast. I do the prospects to pros with Dane Brugler okay. every yeah. week, and Dane and I are recording on Wednesday, and and the episode will be up later Wednesday. But I will I will repeat this as many times as it needs to be repeated. And I realize I'm not an NFL writer, but I don't feel like I need to be to say this. If the person's name is not Derrick Henry, do not give a running back a second contract. Ever, 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 ever. I think his like long, the longest rush of his year is like four point one yards. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I had him on my fantasy team this year. I overpaid for him, and he he. What is, what is he? What does he make? What is, is he, he make? like the third highest running back in the league? When now he I'm got his to... extension, he was the highest paid running back in the league. Yeah. Again, do not sign the running back you drafted to a second contract. Just draft another running back. Yeah, number number two, number yeah. two in cap hit and base salary. Oh my lord! Yes, he is. Uh, he he's making a ton of money. Holy sheep dip! That is a lot of money. And I'd like to know what the uh, um... average is. Fifteen million. Yeah, fifty for a running back, not a quarterback. Running he's back only only behind McCaffrey. And who, the other running back that broke his tibia, his name is uh, Pollard. Yeah, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Much cheaper. So there you go. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, in the realm we're talking about, there are financial considerations. There's NIL. There's all this other stuff. What is but a lot transition. of it. Nice job, Andy. Keep going. I know, right? But That's a lot far. of it, a lot of it is also moving to a place where you feel like you can be better showcased as well. So, you know, like I, I, I'm curious. So, so I'm looking at Dan Lanning and what he's putting together at Oregon, and like Jordan Birch, that's not the the type of player Pac-12 schools can usually get. You know, this is a five-star defensive tackle or defensive lineman. He he played at South Carolina. He was in in high school with Will Muschamp's son and signed with South Carolina when Muschamp was the head coach. Like you put that guy in the Pac-12, I got a feeling he's going to have some some fun with that. Yeah, that's Jordan Birch has been one of the more um, kind of like debatable, uh, uh, like guys that like stars of this cycle. Um, the the other sites that he wasn't to, a star um, at South Carolina. Yeah, the other sites that that rank, um, you know, rank the players when they hit the portal have been kind of split on like what to do with him. On three was pretty low on him. Twenty four seven was not. I, Jordan Birch is coming off his best season of his three years at South Carolina. Has he been like? a five-star first-round pick guy for three years? No, he hasn't. But I think that's all at the same time, um, like in terms of what, what I try to do with the best available thing, like how often do those types of players ever become available? You know, right. and kind of just the, it's not, I, I, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, turn into Miles Garrett in one year at Oregon or anything, but like, you know, when, when a guy like that hits the market, uh, a lot of people want him. And mm-hmm. um, I think the upside there, the possibility that, uh, um, you know, Oregon, that he's, he's a very big deal to Oregon to add, add this piece to their defense. And I'm fascinated to see, can he really kind of put it all together and go play he's, up to that potential, which I mean, you, you remember when he was a recruit, Ari, like this was, this was a, a big, big deal for South Carolina to get him. And, and he was one of the most talented D linemen in his class. It's also a guy landing recruited when he was at Georgia. Yes. And Heavily. remember that last year landing was at Georgia. Muschamp was on the staff. So He's probably gotten every piece of potential intel he could have gotten about that guy before he takes him. So uh, that's that's interesting. And then 
a guy who I've been very hard on, Lincoln Riley, I will say, appears to be very serious about upgrading the big guys on his team. Now they they've had they had some pretty good ones leaving, but they get Ethan White and Michael Tarquin, who were starters at Florida. Who were pre- Ethan White was second team All SEC. Like that's a big deal. They've got Anthony Lucas coming from Texas A and M, who played as a freshman. You know that was a situation where it, it probably needed a change of scenery. He got sort of involved in some of that that stuff that was going on off the field and and seemed a little out of character based on what you heard from high school. So this this gets him back. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona, so be close to home. Uh, I can imagine him being very effective. I think it's possible that at the end of this entire cycle. And maybe if it's not a quarterback, it's impossible, but he might be the most significant transfer. Anthony Lucas? Because like if USC had a game-wrecking defensive end last year, think about how much different their team would have been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Tulu yeah, is really good. But, yeah, you have yeah. to go replace him now because he's going to be, I would well, say, a pretty high pick, right, Andy? Right, and, and and he was also kind of more traditional speed edge rusher. Like, Lucas can play in a lot. Of, you can move him up and down the line and do some things with him. Yeah, that, and that's the kind of player that, um, you know, there and there's a bunch in this cycle, uh, including a bunch that were leaving Texas A&M, where, like, they kind of go back on the market after one year. And if you're USC, like, this is the kind of player that you were hoping to sign a year ago. And, you know, Anthony Lucas probably should have signed with USC um, coming out of high school. And so, like, you get, you get a, a really premium player who, like, realistically, like, how much has he really changed from when you thought he was a top 100 recruit? Probably not that much. But yeah, you can have the character concern about the incident in AM, but ultimately this is a guy that uh let, that everybody wanted when he went in the portal same with denver harris and some of the players that have left there and uh you know that's a so that's a big piece up front for them in, in addition to um you know getting some veteran help really at all three levels of that defense for alex Grinch. if you're the can, portal can we... king for signing 25 guys what are you if you lose 32 um <laughs> uh, are we we're, you're going to call Jimbo Fisher the portal popper? I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know. Pop, yeah, popper it, was also the first thing that came to mind for portal me. Portal popper has a nice little ring to it. It does. It, has uh, a, it, it, it pops. It pop, pop, pops. But like the so. thing, too, is like as somebody who watched a lot of Arizona football after uh, after dark last year, um, and not because I went there, but because of other reasons, I Dorian Singer <laughs> is a stud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you, you could definitely too, argue yeah. that USC did not need Dorian Singer, but they no, are happy no, to take no, Dorian they'll Singer. They'll be happy to have him, yeah. Well, and what's interesting and, and, and kind of telling about Jed Fish's recruiting is that you know, Arizona's receiver situation is still pretty good. Sure. <laughs> in spite well, of Arizona that. got T-Mac in yeah. last year's class, who and was Cowan one of the best is coming receivers. Back for another year. And Cowan's coming back. But like, yeah. it was a little bit of payback because Singer was really, really good last year, and he's leaving Arizona to go to USC, which – you know, I guess he could, uh, you know, maybe play a smaller role. With I mean, if T Mac was at USC, I can't imagine what his numbers would have been. Uh, but he he's a stud, and you know, it kind of brings up another, you know, small tangent. But you know, I follow a lot of people in the Tucson U of A sphere, and they are really <laughs> unhappy about this uh, in the sense of just like, well, what are we going to do? Just find good players, develop them. They have good years. They're just going to go to USC every year, and it's like. You know, you're probably still the recipient of more right. than you're going to be in that scenario. A more bounce anyway, back, and also start winning more. And you never know; they might want to stay. That's just like, it's a real kick in the knackers, guys. When it you, it is. Yeah. And and guess what? What happened again this year? So, um, <laughs> so Jacob Cowing has one of the best seasons in the country of any receiver in 2021. He leaves 
goes home um, to Arizona. Um, Tyron Smith steps up as their small receiver at UTEP this year and has a big year. And now he's going to Texas A&M. And so it's uh, Arizona may feel bummed out about that, but then they, you know, food chain. you go down the food chain and other yeah, people yeah. Are, are having those same, same problems. And, and, and guys, I'd, I'd be curious for your take, like when you look at the way this stuff plays out a little bit. So USC has taken Dorian Singer from Arizona, Jared Kingston from Washington state. Um, they've taken um, Kyan bars and Christian Roland Wallace as well from Arizona. I think I know like, where this is going. Yeah. Do you, so if you were a PAC 12 coach, would you, would you feel like, Eh, when they hit the portal, they can they they can do whatever they want. Obviously, we can't limit that stuff anymore in terms of where they're allowed to go. Or would you like just have kind of perpetual beef here with with Lincoln Riley or with Dan Lanning or these other coaches that are? I, I coming can't make a rule. With Lincoln Riley be like he's going to be in the Big Ten anyway, so who cares? Yeah, I guess that's true. If you want, Lincoln Riley is going to use the Pac-12 once he leaves as a nice springboard into the Big Ten talent sphere, but that does seem kind of weird how you have guys like just getting in a car and driving to another campus that's like four hours away well but here's the thing and, and we i, sh- I should they, add they we took, also have a couple of cal players two, going to ucla so there it's yeah. it's not just lincoln riley yeah obviously. They, they took two starting offensive linemen from florida okay it wasn't long ago that florida was considered more successful as you than usc you know when when dan mullen had some good seasons and clay helton was on the verge of getting fired like the idea of, of two starters leaving Florida to go to USC would have been unheard of. But guess what? When you don't look like you're on the, the up end of the arrow, you're going to lose guys now. Yeah. It happens. Then so, it will be interesting to see if the Portal King, we're going to get a trophy from a trophy and we're going to put Max's face on it. I love it. And bronze it out. And it'll should, be like, should, yeah. I, was, I, I left this out. I mean, what do you guys prefer, though? Like, do you prefer crown or title belt or throne? Like, what's the right thing? This this feels like a ti- uh, like a championship belt. Like, you yeah, I was thinking out. about a belt, yeah. and then we just put your grin on the middle by where the belt buckle would go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, just Max, you should, Max's like, face in the middle of the belt. It's perfect. You know, at it the is. end of this whole thing, when, when the dust settles and the portal closes for the second time and we can start thinking about the season again, like – the, the story that you will write about who the king is, is like winning an APSE award, right? Nobody listening knows what that is. That's the oh, Associated, sorry. Associated, Associated Press Sports Press Editors. Sports it's writing Editors contest. Award where they yeah. give us awards sometimes. Yeah, uh, You're saying when I write that this summer, I need to put a belt in the mail to the winner. Yes, I, I, and also I understand where like, you're coming from. Whatever yeah. you write that. We've got trophy shops here. I can figure did, something did out. You get it's going to P- be in the coach's bio on the official website of their team. Ari, Ari, did you get did you get the PDF of our uh, ninth place finish? I did. Yeah, APSC I didn't save it though. Contest? What am I yeah, supposed to I do with that? If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. So ninth, I was upset because it wasn't ninth. Yeah, that, that Bishop Sycamore story was good. Oh, Bishop all Sycamore, right. that was a sweet. <laughs> yeah. Story. Yeah. So, all right, you mentioned a guy earlier, and I wanted to get back to him, Max, because I I really want to talk about the school he's going to. You mentioned Denver Harris, who was a corner at Texas A and M, five star recruit last year. Uh, he's going to LSU. And Brian Kelly, very busy in the portal, but very busy on one side of the ball. They've taken one offensive player, and that's receiver Aaron Anderson from Alabama. But they have loaded up on defense. And if you watched LSU secondary and under, you know, knew their situation going into last year, you knew that that was the side of the ball where they needed to beef up. Denver Harris, though, especially is an interesting one to me because he did play at AM last year, which suggests with some very good there's guys no in the secondary question there's, that that guy is a stud on there's the talent yeah absolutely yeah. but what but made many more off off the field headlines than on the field now this is this feels to me like a test of brian kelly's culture basically 
Like, if you can bring this person in who had off-field problems and suddenly he's doing what he's supposed to do and you're getting what you want out of him on the field, that bodes very well, I would think. But that's that's the question. It, it, it's, it's a risk when you take somebody who's, who's run into to issues like that. Yeah, and, and these staffs, I have to do a good job of actually like calling over and saying, "Hey, what what happened there? Like, what what are we inheriting here?" Like, and and that and there are some staffs that don't make that phone call and then have those problems again, you know. So like, you need to be pretty clear eyed about, um, you know, what what the player did at the last place and what you need to address. And so, I, like, I would think Denver Harris, you would hope that's like a pretty clear like um, example of like let's just totally reset. And that was a bad freshman year, and you made mistakes and. When he played, I mean, dude, I, I put him on my midseason all freshman all American yeah. because for and the again, limited snaps he played, he was pretty damn good. Very good him. players in that secondary that he was playing with. It wasn't like they they had nobody else and had to play him. Like he's no. good. In no. fairness, I have never seen a posted speed limit in a parking garage before. What Ari, <laughs> let's not encourage the drag racing through parking garages <laughs> while live streaming it. No, Look. no, I, oh, hey, we're just as a podcast. We're, Seems we're very unsafe. It's highly levity. unsafe. I love, I love watching Fast and Furious movies. And let's be honest, when you leave a Fast and Furious movie, you drive a little bit faster home. Like you just kind of, you just feel that juice. Maybe well, that's that, what he was that, doing. That movie was Tokyo Drift, and, and nobody really watched that. They didn't watch it until they added The Rock and Statham, and, and they suddenly became superheroes. Who are these people who continually consume this movie to the point where they need like 13 of them? Like, is it like really hey, good? Good to see you. Once, once they hit the formula, it's all. Awesome. Now, I will say, so like every time they release a are, fast are, are series, you telling me you don't care about family because these movies are all about family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I don't know. You can have you can have a beer as long as as long so. Like as when they corona. when they release them, though, you're like, yes, I can't wait to go watch that. Like, well, no, no, not anymore because Hobbs and Shaw have been moved off. Hobbs and, and Shaw the, was was not very good. I'll, like, I'll say that. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw was awesome. Like Vin, Vin Diesel's rules make the the movie impossible now if you don't also have the Rock or Statham in it because yeah. I believe Vin Diesel's rules are he can't lose a fight and he can't uh, he can't be made fun of. His character cannot be made fun of. Well, that that doesn't work like that Hobbs and Shaw scene where they're in the uh, they're in the hallways where they can see each other and they're fighting the guys and they're watching each other fight the guys like Vin Diesel would never allow that because you have Jason Statham and The Rock getting hit upside the head and, you know, occasionally falling behind in the fight. And Vin Diesel never thing that allowed annoys to do that. Me more than anything is neither of you are up to speed on the virtues and the excellence and the brilliance of Alon Kane Pauly, but you'll watch the repackaging of the same movie 17 times. I and that's sure the reason no why one. everybody on Twitter dude, right now is complaining dude. about. Oh, all right. There's that, the that's lack your of homework good. assignment. All right. Go watch Fast Five. Okay. Go watch I watch Fast, Fast Five. One through Two and Three. And like, I got different no, 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 movies. No, no, no. Very Fast different movies. Different, it's a heist movie. It's phenomenal. Go watch Fast okay, Five. Okay. I'll go watch. Also, I'll watch Fast if you, Five if you watch a long game ball. If you watch the more recent ones, they are legit superheroes at this point. Like, yes. they, they are indestructible. It's it's incredible. Uh, Uncle Junior in the chat. Notice Andy drinking what appears to be a normal beverage. I am just <laughs> drinking a bottle of orange Gatorade Zero. Uh, while Ari appears to be drinking windshield washer fluid. Yes. So it actually does look like that. I mean, we will let everybody in on the because max and i had to ask ari about this before we started recording like ari is drinking a gallon bottle of an electric blue liquid what is in there ari 
It's the Sour Patch Kids uh, BCAAs. I don't even know what BCAA stands for. Yeah, but I'm putting I'm, it in your body. I'm putting it in my body because somebody I'm paying to make my body smaller told me to drink it. Uh, zero calories, but it's like a way to trick me to drink a gallon of water a day as I'm working out. So it's uh, amino acids or something that helps trim the trim the fat, I guess. Or it energizes you as you're working branched out every day. chain amino acids. Yeah, branched we'll chain scientists amino in the acids. Chat deal with it's that. It's $27 and it tastes like Sour Patch Kids. So I'm always uh, looking I mean, for zero calorie Sour Patch Kids. So. It's actually, it's actually <laughs> right. really good. Uh, the powder of it, it's like tastes better than most sugar-free drinks. So, uh, you know, you just put a few scoops into the jug and then by the end of the day, the jug has to be gone so I can flush the system. And then go get my head beat in for another hour tomorrow and start the process over again. But the, the good news is Ari's going to Ari's going to show up in a good spot on the P chart. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a I'm bad. Not going to be a bad person or a bad teammate. So it yeah. might be blue, but he's going to show up in yeah, generally the color of it. But it, like, it legitimately does. Like when you look at it, it looks like washer fluid. Like if I held it, does. This up, yeah, um, yeah. I would. I would definitely pour that in my tank. <laughs> I, I know we don't do i'm not trying to do a free ad here but i i have come around on the uh the uh powdered hydration packets interesting does it make you I feel better that. like what are the what's the point of them to make that makes you like you drink less fluid to be more hydrated i kind of like it when i've when i've had some beverages kind of like it for bed kind of like it in the morning Oh, though yes, we we've had a we've actually had a few different ones as advertisers on this show. I like um, those too. Yeah. No one no one currently doing it right now, so I'll just tell you which one I like the best and it was Liquid IV. Uh, that's what I'm talking really about. I like Liquid IV. The yeah. the mango chili flavor. Ooh, that was good stuff. But like you drink it and it's supposed to like multiply the water molecules or something. I have no idea if that actually works or not. I I just like the t- sometimes I get bored with water and yeah. and I like the taste. Now, like when I'm working out I, sterile I and drink. I like the taste. Yeah, it's <laughs> sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> Thank you. Do I do I need to drink my own urine? No, but it's sterile and I like the taste. See, that's a good movie. Hatches O'Houlihan, one of the great hey, that, characters. Guys, that's a sports movie. Yeah, it's another Ben Stiller down. movie that you can't that you've seen. So I'm happy that you've seen it. Now, Dodgeball Two or Dodgeball. Well, I, listen, just I watched too. the best Ben Stiller movie the other day. We watched Zoolander the other day. Like, th- there's not a contest you, here. You've seen Heavyweights, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me, dodgeball two isn't heavy, or dodgeball isn't heavyweights too. It's the same exact character, and that's just what he does after he's forced to oh. sell his camp for child abuse. He opens a gym. <laughs> well, it's also the same character from Happy Gilmore. Now you will go to sleep, your, or I will your, put you to your, sleep. <laughs> your fingers hurt. Well, now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled it's the, the greatest character it's of the all same time. Character. Yeah, it's not the same character in Along Came Polly, but Philip Seymour Hoffman really, really brought it home for me in that movie. It's. Uh, I'm going to keep banging the drum until you watch it. So I will watch it this weekend, Ari. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to do it. Also, uh, my son and I have a John Wick film festival coming mm-hmm. up. My, my wife came to me and said, uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, is coming out in, in film form right around my daughter's birthday. And all of the ladies of the family, the extended family, are going. And they're going to have dinner beforehand. And, and my son and I are invited to the dinner. But. My wife's like, you're not going to want to go to the movie. I'm like, no, I'm not. I read that book when I was in elementary school because we had to. So I, uh, I will happily go to. But John Wick Four is coming out, mm-hmm. and my my son is right in the 
in the John Wick wheelhouse. So we're going to have a John Wick one through three film festival before we get to that. It's just like, yeah, so this is the latest thing now where they're going to make 11 of them. It's like every single movie in the theater right now is like the seventh version of the movie we've already See, watched. See, Ari, Ari you would no- appreciate my son who has, no, he hasn't seen the movies and I will tell you, he watched Bullet Train the other day and loved it, so I know Heard he's going to love good. the movie. It was good. It's very Enjoyed good. It. But, but he, he sees that John Wick 4 is coming out and goes, is he still mad about the dog? I was like, wow, that is... But you saw like the topic of, of Twitter today was how terrible the Best Pictures nominations are, right? I don't like even know what... Mo- yeah, that's know the thing. Like nobody, are. like there's just like no good movies anymore. We don't have to we, have this. We, like, we actually like, did. We we just watched uh, Banshees of Inisherin last night. Is it um, good? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, I, I enjoyed Carol it. I think you guys would enjoy it. It's basically I the just story finished of, like, watching one Banshee. Day Andy decided he stopped being friends with Ari. That's basically what the the movie is wow. about. That sounds good. It's really. Good. I just finished watching Banshee. That was mm. my my gym show. That it, it started out on Cinemax years ago, but now it's on HBO Max. That is the stupidest show ever made, but it's so good when you're on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, Top Gun, as I'm, I'm with SC Scout Guy, Top Gun Maverick was the best movie of the year last year. Happiest yeah. sequel is going to win Best Picture because there's no imagination anymore. It was amazing. Well, you, a you're sequel? a big, big Avatar guy, Ari? Yeah, huge. <laughs> I, we, we still have to punish John Ari Rudd, for losing a bet by watching The drama John Rudd does not exist anymore. No, they don't doesn't. make dramas anymore. Well, because mid-budget no, movies dramas. are huge. Well, they risk. make plenty of dramas, but they make plenty of dramas. They're just all on television. Yeah, they're just ten episodes in their television. Exactly, and and I would argue maybe a better format, more nuance, more character. Work. I haven't gone to a movie in the theater in over a year, and I used to go like once a week, as recently as like five years ago. I used because to go all of the movies you like come on your television now in 10 episode format. I know, but you would think that they would make at least one every few months. It's like the best, the, the 50th best movie of 2012 would be the best movie of the year. It's like, what if if just like some random like murder by numbers or something or insomnia came out right now? Well, I mean, like, it would be like, in the, the, it would be a best picture sequel, nomination. Which, which was a direct Netflix movie, the, the Glass Onion. Enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, Glass Onion was great, and, and not not like Knives Out, like no. a very different movie. Yeah. So, I I'm with you though, Aria. I used to go. I we we would go once a week for sure. When we went back when we. <laughs> SC Scout guy Ari loves avatars. So, Avatar so much he drinks gallons of Navi blood a day. Ari has Navi. no idea what that means. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like that. It's a good. I'm one. happy that um, I'm happy that people are having a good time. I just I and the thing that I always say to my friends is, I wish I loved this stuff. I wish I liked that yeah. stuff. I feel I, like, that I way wish, about tomatoes. I wish I and mayonnaise. You're missing out on mayonnaise. But like, <laughs> if I loved comic book movies, that'd be all set. I'd have a reason to go to the theater like five times a month. I've kind of hit the the fatigue with the comic book movie here a little bit. Personally. I just think but we got that's also we're just aging out. Of we it. we are old people. Like yeah. that's what we're doing. We in my day they had good movies like the Bad News Bears. Like that's that's what happened. We just got old. It's okay. The, the, the whole way that we consume them has changed, which is why none of us have even heard of 80% of the movies that are on the list to begin with. I they also don't, don't, I don't watch like awards bait fart sniffing movies typically. Like that's not my thing. So most of the time not, I don't, not I haven't. For Steve Spielberg's The Fablemans here in the next few weeks. No, I, I, hey, I sat through The English Patient in the theater. That's, that's, a, that I did my part. Hey, have you guys seen that movie Primal Fear with Ed Norton? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, could you imagine if Primal Fear came out, like, today? Like, a movie that good 
like in that drama came out right now. Like I don't even know if America would know what to do. Like if you like America think would about, go see it a lot, and then it would win Best Picture. And I think it was like an afterthought movie when it came out in 1997 or whatever. It was like the 30th most grossing movie of that no, year. But that's that's the point, Ari. Is, is Primal Fear would just be like a limited series on HBO now? Yeah. Right. It would be six episodes on HBO. You know how that awesome would, be the... would that be? Because I wish <laughs> hey, I get three was... more hours of it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I need three more hours of it. Well, wait. Wait till Ari sees The Last of Us. Isn't that a video game? It is based on a video game, but it is. And there's zombies in it. I'll pass. It is a zombie show based on a yeah. video game. I and, mean, and we, it we sounds just, terrible, but it is amazing. We, we've totally given up the portal premise at this point. Let's just keep going with this. I no, was no, no. I, have, Andy, I do have one. I have one. No, no, no. Portal. I was going to ask you. Okay, now that we're in off-season mode, and this is yeah, generally yeah, yeah. when I catch you sure. on TV. Absolutely. You, did you like Winning Time? Is that one I need to come back to? I very much enjoyed Winning Time. Like, you know, like the Jeff Perlman book is fantastic, and the Jeff mm-hmm. Perlman book is true because Jeff is a really good reporter and, you know, no talked to a billion people for the book. None of winning time really is true. Like it is completely dramatized. And I was, I wasn't going to watch. And I was like, okay, I'll just, let's see what the first five minutes or so. When John C. Riley is like combing his chest hair and speaking direct to camera as Jerry Buss, I was a million percent in and I was in the rest of the way. And the guy who plays young magic Johnson is incredible. Like that's another one that I haven't watched. He looks list, so. and sounds just yeah. like him. It's it's uncanny. So but, you're really behind though, Max. Yeah, there's a few here. I need to. I, I, I've never Mare watched Sopranos. Now? I've never watched. Um, oh God. Oh, Better Call did, Saul. There's a few so of those. I just ha- I need Better to Call Saul is a good binge one. That's a yeah. good one to binge because well, the last three seasons of it, the first two, you cannot binge because it's so slow. It is slow. It is uh, Better Call Saul is a slow burn show yeah. to but, start. But when it gets to the end, Better Call Saul is every bit as good. The last season of it, you could stack up with Breaking Bad. Okay. Now, I did I did Sopranos a couple years ago, which, by the way, I did Sopranos right when I started the calorie counting, which was horrendous for me because Tony <laughs> is eating pasta or meat in almost every scene. And I just, I've never wanted Gabagool so bad in my life. You don't know who Uncle Junior is, and that's a shame. We definitely uh, know who Uncle Junior is. Well, uh, Max yep, doesn't. I you don't. need to go watch it immediately. Yeah, that, that, that is a great show. And that one you will you will burn through because it is so freaking And everybody good. says it's cliche, but it's it really is. Without The Sopranos, there couldn't have been Breaking Bad. Because it's it's one of those things where have, the, the character that you that is the main character that you root for is also a terrible human. Yeah. And it's like the struggle between, like, is the protagonist actually the answer? Right, and and when the Sopranos came out, that was not the norm. Like, yeah, antiheroes were not the norm, so it was it was very interesting. But it's it's really well done. So, what are the gap shows for you guys? Like, if like the off season, I'm going to knock this one out finally. Kind of shows. There's one show that I've never watched that I'm embarrassed to say that I've never watched. Go for it, The Wire. Okay, The Wire is a great one. You you will enjoy binging it. Understand that that it's trying to introduce you to a different story each season, and then in, and then weave it into the the larger pastiche, because that's what people got. And I I was kind of jarred at the beginning of season two when they moved to the docks Definitely. from from the 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 drug dealers and the cops, and then you realize how it all works together after about three or four episodes, and you're like, well, there we go. Every single person says it's a top five show of all time. It's, so. it's the acting's incredible. The, it is. All the characters are so well drawn. Like you think, because you think about different TV shows and 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 somebody 
let's say you've watched five seasons of a show. You're like, how much do I know about this character? You feel like you have very in-depth knowledge of every character on that show. And I mean, like, you know, and, and listen, they kill off people. It's it's a crime show, so people get killed off. I mean, like the Michael. I guess Jordan it already hasn't seen Michael K. Williams in like anything. Then, if you haven't seen The Wire, you know, one of the greats. Omar. He is. Yeah, it. You need to get some Omar in your life. I know. It, it's. I always it's, see the 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 gif of him walking down, like dragging the shotgun. Oh, Omar, Omar coming. coming. Yeah, that's, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. Yeah. But and I won't. I'm not going to give anything away. I just will tell you that Omar's story and when you finish watching, maybe we can talk about it. We'll do the spoiler alert thing. I love the way that Omar's story concludes at the end of the show. Not, not love how, how it goes down, but just the story from a storytelling aspect, because it's more real than what you're used to on television. And, yeah. and, we can't talk about that until you know what happens. But I got to get one take it. off about The Sopranos, though. Go for it. A lot of people hated the ending. I thought it was perfect. Um, I'm, like, I, knew I was how, fine with the ending. I knew I was, how I, it ended before I started because it's like the most controversial ending to a show I, ever. I, I, I think that's been talked about enough, and it's been on for so long. And, like, I, Max, I know plenty about it, even though I've never seen the show. Right. You yeah. know what the ending is. He walks yeah. into the diner. Don't stop believing. Starts playing. I assumed he got shot. I, I just assumed there was a hit. I mean, based on what happened earlier in the previous two episodes, I just assumed she, he got killed. So. And you didn't I have a problem with it? No, no. I mean, that's that's sort of how it probably should have ended. Yep. That's how it so. always ends. Now, somebody, somebody mentioned, oh, Brandon in the chat mentioned Tulsa King. Tulsa King is the, the guy who created, Taylor Sheridan, who created Yellowstone, and then Terrence Winter, who was one of the, the head writers on The Sopranos. It is not as good as either of those shows, but it is tons of fun. Tons of fun. So yeah, we just finished Yellowstone's latest season. Mm, that or, I've not started. Ha half, oh, have you have you started watching 1923? 1923 oh, is really good. I heard that 1842 or whatever. 1883. <laughs> What's 1842? That's 1742 is the liquor. Well, nineteen forty-two. Nineteen forty-two is the liquor. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no, well yeah, nineteen forty-two is a is tequila. Eighteen ninety-nine is on Netflix. Julio. That's something yeah. different, though. It's very yes. confusing. Eighteen eighty-three is is the is them going from Texas trying to get to Oregon, and they wind up in. I heard that eighteen eighty-three stunk, but I heard nineteen twenty-three is awesome. Nineteen twenty-three is incredible. Now it's on a hiatus right now. I, I think they did the first four or five episodes. But it is it is great. Do you have to I've watch eighteen eighty three to watch nineteen forty two? No, you don't. You don't need to watch <laughs> Yellowstone or eighteen eighty. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to watch Yellowstone or eighteen eighty three to to appreciate it. Okay, Yellowstone's yeah. great. I really well, like it, gentlemen. So like, I, like I was saying, I think LSU did a good job with defensive recruiting in the portal <laughs> this year. You know? All right, we we didn't talk about this, but I got like two minutes. I want to point this out. Billy Napier should be on this list and isn't. There's probably some other coaches who should be on this list and aren't. That's probably another show for another day. But if you needed to flip your roster and you didn't, this could get ugly this offseason. So you better you better get prepared for the next time the transfer portal opens because you got one more shot. Max, you better watch some TV now because the next time the transfer portal opens, your life is going to get very, very busy. 
Thank you guys for listening. It has been a pleasure. You can catch me on Prospects to Pros on the Athletic Football Show feed with Dane Brugler on Wednesday. Uh, Power Hour with Nicole Auerbach coming out on Wednesday of this week in this year feed. And then Ari and I will be back on Friday with, uh, with an episode about a, a guy we're about to watch in the NFC Championship game who we watched a lot during college. We didn't think we'd see him here, but here he is, Brock Purdy. Thank you.